The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. We walk by faith and not by sight. Faith Hill, that's who we are. You ready? Why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer. I'm not a doubter. I am a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's word, and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. And so we've been talking about what we call the born identity. You know, we've been talking about the born identity or, you know, uh, better yet, the born again identity. So you have a born again identity. And uh, we, we, the reason we're talking about this is, uh, you know, after you get born again, you, you start on a journey of mind renewal uh, where the word of God seeks to establish your identity in Christ so that you do not draw your identity from anything else except from what Jesus has made you to be. Amen? And uh, so we started uh, looking at the different redemptive names uh, of Jesus and how they impact the, the believer's identity. When you come face to face with these names, it's just amazing to see how they can impact your life. Can I get an amen? And so we've uh, uh, established that in the book of John, you know, Jesus talks about the seven different I am's, if you will, and he tells us who he is or who he wants to be uh, in our lives if we allow him to be. Amen. And so we already covered Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. Uh, he said, I am the light of the world. He said, I am the door of the sheep. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Where's my timer? Where's, where's my timer? I need to know how I'm doing on time. Amen. Amen. So somebody, somebody help me with time, please. You're going to help me? You're going to help me? You can use your phone. Just let me know when it's five minutes. Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's fine. That's fine. I'll work with that. Yeah. That's fine. And uh, so I need, I need time. Otherwise, I'll preach till 3 p.m. And, and be like, yo, what's this dude? I, so I, need, I never finish preaching. I just stop. And so uh, he also said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he said, I am the good shepherd. Uh, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he said, I am the true vine. And so we covered about five of those I am's. And today we are looking at Jesus saying, I am the resurrection and the life. Amen. And what's interesting about all these different, you know, uh, uh, redemptive names of Christ is that all of them have a common thread, and that common thread is this. They are all redemptive names that point to how Christ is the one that gives life. Amen. All these redemptive names are life-giving. When Jesus says, I am the bread of life, what does bread do? It sustains life. Amen? Uh, when he says, I am the light of the world, uh, just in the natural, everything that you see outside, you and I, everything that's alive needs the light of the sun for it to stay alive. Just similarly, uh, in your spiritual walk, if you're going to thrive and do well, you need the light who is Jesus. Amen. He said, I am the door of the sheep. 
whoever enters through me shall be saved. And that word saved there is sozo, uh, which is the word salvation, which talks about eternal life. And so Christ has eternal life uh, for all of us. And I was saying in the first service, uh, eternal life is more than a, a, a quantity of days. Eternal life is more a quality of days than it is a quantity of days. Amen? Zane, can I kick you out? I, I want some people to sit there, so see you later, bro. <laughs> you already heard the first service. I'm picking on Zane. In fact, I'll pick on the choir. I'll pick on, where's Marshall? Marshall? Yeah, I'll see you later, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, man. Nah, those ones can stay. They can stay. The ladies can stay. Oh, two more chairs here in the front. <laughs> yes, two more chairs in the front. You guys can come to the bishop section right here in the. Yeah, oh, yeah, and we have another one over there. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. And so, uh, uh, the common thread is that they're all life-giving. And uh, I was saying, as I was saying, eternal life is more than a quantity of days. Everybody lives forever. Uh, but we live forever in different locations. Those that have received Jesus Christ are going to live forever reconciled with our Heavenly Father. And those that reject Jesus Christ are going to live forever in, uh, in hell. You know, uh, so there's a joke that they shared. I think this one guy uh, went to, to heaven and uh, he was a Christian, but he didn't believe in prosperity. And so when he got to, to, to heaven, he saw that, you know, God had all these extravagant things going on there. I mean, the roads... Um, uh, I used to think paved out of gold. I think the rods, the Bible actually says they are made of gold. You know, he's got gigantic pearls uh, that he uses as gates. I mean, he's got 12 precious stones as foundations. And so when this guy, uh, he was one of the poverty preachers. When he got to heaven, he, he, he said, man, I, I, I don't believe this place is like this. It's, man, it's too much. And Peter said to him, go to hell. You know, you, you just said, you know, you have an option. You don't... <laughs> Peter said to him, man, you can go. You, if, if, that's, if you're looking for poverty, you're not going to find it in heaven. Amen. I said amen. amen. And so today we're looking at Jesus saying, I am the resurrection and the life. And so this is in John chapter number 10, verse 17. And so they send a word to Jesus uh, 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 that Lazarus was sick and that he was uh, gravely sick. And so they send a word. They say, come on, guys, go and tell Jesus that he should come and uh, take care of this situation. And so when they send that word, Jesus said, well, you shouldn't worry. Lazarus is not going to die. Uh, in fact, this whole situation is going to be to the glory of God. Uh, in other words, the end of, at the end of the story... God is going to get all the glory. Amen. amen. I said amen. And so, you know, Jesus delayed a little bit, and we know the story. Uh, Lazarus died, and they buried him. And so the, I'm going to start reading from verse 17. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb uh, four days. So Lazarus had already been put in the tomb for four days. Verse 18. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem and about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now in those days, uh, they actually used to hire professional uh, mourners to join uh, the funeral so they can make it a little extra, you know, a little spectacular. 
because I mean, who, who doesn't want the, the funeral? The, the, your funeral must be the talk of town. And so they would hire professional mourners. They would come and mourn uh, professionally. And so these are some of the people that were there. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, this was the level that Martha's faith was operating at. If she understood that there was another level that her faith could operate at, she would have realized that the master can just speak a word only. Remember what the centurion said? He said, you don't have to be here present physically. All you've got to do is speak a word only, and my servant shall be made well. You remember the story? And so, but Martha was operating at this level, and, uh, you know, God will meet you at the level that you're operating at, you know? Uh, be it unto you according to your faith. There are some people that believe, you know, healing will only kick in when they finish the prescription. He will meet you at your faith. There are some people who are radical. They believe that, hey, I'm going to receive from heaven and he will meet you uh, at your faith. So the challenge is to develop your faith to where you can receive, uh, you know, without too much extra. How many of you know that you can receive without the prescription? You see, a lot of people add too much uh, to, to receive, you know, even in the area of prosperity, a lot of people think that, you know, uh, uh, you know, I have to get into the prosperity where I have to slave for five years and then, you know, another five years, I'll be middle management. And then after that, man, with God, God can do what's done in 10 years in a moment. Amen. Amen. And so faith, uh, Martha was operating at this level of faith, and uh, uh, she then said in verse 22, but even now I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. Uh, Jesus said, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. You know, there are a lot of people that postpone their breakthrough because they think salvation is for the future. They think salvation is for heaven. But how many of you know that salvation starts today? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Healing starts today. Amen. Deliverance starts today. Can I get an amen? amen? And so Jesus said in verse 25, he said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Notice Jesus didn't say I bring resurrection. No, he says I am. In other words, when I show up, there's going to be some resurrection and there's going to be some life because that's the essence of who I am. And, uh, you know, Pastor C taught about how Jesus is the one that makes us fruitful. He said, I am the vine. He's the one that brings fruit. You remember the story of uh, the figs in uh, the fig tree in Mark chapter number 11? Uh, the story is told that when Jesus came to Bethany, which is known as the house of figs, uh, he came to a fig uh, which didn't have figs, but it was green. And what's interesting about that text, you should check it out, is that uh, uh, it actually says that it was not in the season of figs. Now, if I went, you know, the town that I grew up in, almost every house has an organic mango tree. <laughs> organic in caps. You know, no fertilizer in that thing. I mean, it's organic. You know, every house, literally, and it's not an exaggeration. It would be wild for me and for the people from my neighborhood to see me looking for mangoes, you know, buru mangoes, uh, in July. Because that's outside of the season of mangoes. And so Jesus is looking for figs outside of the season of figs. And he gets mad that the tree 
does not have any fix. The reason he gets mad is this. He is the one that changes the seasons. When Jesus shows up, it's fruitful season. When Jesus shows up, it's mango season. Hey, it could be in February. It could be in March. When Jesus shows up, it's fruitful season. There's got to be some fruit on the tree. And so the reason he, he, he cursed the tree was because the tree didn't yield to his power. The tree could have become fruitful, watch this, instantaneously. Amen. When Jesus shows up, seasons change. Amen. I said amen. amen. And so here Jesus says, you know, uh, 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 I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is come into the world. And when she had said these things, she went away and secretly called Mary, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house, remember the professional mourners, uh, comforting her. When they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, they followed her. You see, the professional mourners have to follow wherever you go. Yeah, we are going to mourn in Randbeck. You all go so they can, you know, make the th- you know, uh, 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 do their part of the, of, of the deal. Amen? And so they went uh, with, with Mary, uh, saying she's going to the tomb to weep there. So we're going to... We're going to go and weep at the tomb. The weeping session has moved from the house uh, to the tomb. Verse 33. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. You know, some believe that was praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And he said, uh, where have you laid him? They say to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Uh, then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? And so I know some of you, you know, you, you are in this situation and you're not necessarily uh, where Lazarus was. Lazarus was physically dead and he was in a tomb. Some of you have, you know, dreams uh, that are dead. Some of you have had, you know, relationships die. Some of you have had, you know, business ideas die. Some of you have had, you know, your womb naturally, physically uh, is dead. But how many of you know that Jesus can do something about it? He said, I am the resurrection and I am the one who gives life. And so when he got to the tomb, uh, what what verse am I on? Verse 38, uh, verse 39, he said, take away the stone. And Martha and the sister of him who was dead said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Now, this is such a common mindset. I know, you know, when you're reading the Bible over here in 2021, it's easy for us to judge, you know, Mary and Martha and say, man, where is your faith? Uh, But some of us act the same way when it comes to situations in our lives. We say, Lord, this one, there is no way you can turn this one around. It's deader than dead. Amen? I said amen. 
I mean, we have all kinds of people that come to our office in the area of relationship, and uh, we, we say, is there, is there still something that, you know, that, that we, you know, we can salvage to save this relationship? And they, they say, no, this one is beyond uh, resurrection. There's nothing that is beyond resurrection. Mary and Martha were implying that, you know, Lazarus was beyond resurrection, that there is nothing that could be done about his situation. But Jesus, when he shows up, nothing will stay dead. In the presence of Jesus, it's impossible. Amen? It may look like it's dead to you physically, but I'm telling you, if you look to the resurrection and the life, he will turn the situation around and make it even better. Uh, I was saying in the first service, it was in 2017, you know, I got a a call from a, you know, a Christian broadcast uh, television, right? And they said, hey, listen, uh, we would like to meet with you. Uh, And so I went with Pastor Edge and some of my team. And so we went there, and uh, we were met with three gentlemen that proceeded to tell us that they were giving us, you know, television airtime for free. So I was moving uh, uh, into television, and I was going to be preaching on television. Now, for some of you who may not know, uh, that it's actually a, a little of a big deal. Uh, for you to be on television, you are a Christian television at least, you actually have to pay money to, you know, uh, uh, get on there, and it's about... 15,000 rand per episode, 28-minute episode. So, you know, people watch from uh, 8 o'clock to 8.30, 15,000 rand gone. And so I went to the Lord. I knew that the Lord was calling us to television. And so when I went and I started praying about TV, I said, Lord, I'm believing you for free. I said, Lord, I'm going to believe you. And the reason I, I went to the Lord and I prayed for, for free, free television airtime was because I had seen how preachers, you know, when the wallet gets tight, get on television and they start begging. And so I didn't want to be one of them. So I said, Lord, if you give it to me for free, I won't have to beg anyone. Yeah. Free is fun. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Free, free is fun. I'm telling you, if you can believe God for free, free is fun. If God can get you a free car, it comes with no strings attached. Amen. Amen. But if Pastor T gets you a free car, hey, I can call on you here. Listen. Hey, listen. I need something picked up. 12 midnight. Amen. And so free is fun. And so we got on there and we were there. Uh, close to one and a half years, one and a half years, we were there on television. And then, you know, uh, 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 someone else joined the broadcast that didn't like the fact that, you know, I was on there uh, for free. And, uh, I, well, I don't know what the deal was. And so, in our initial meeting, they had three executives in there. In this particular meeting that he called, it was just me and him. And so it was, you know, my word against his word. And so I went into that meeting and uh, to cut the long puppy short, uh, it wasn't a great meeting. He said, hey, listen, we're kicking you off television. And so I remember going into the car park thinking, Lord, you are the one who said I should be on TV, you know, preaching to the, the message of uh, uh, grace to the continent of Africa. What's up with this? I didn't see any way out of it because, I mean, the guy was a little cocky and he proceeded to go and, you know, uh, uh, misrepresent 
me, he went and told people that I was rude. Now, if you've known me for any amount of time, you know that rude is the furthest thing, you know, from who I am and uh, uh, what I portray. And so uh, one of my friends, Loiso, was in the organization. He would call me and say, man, you need to come and vindicate yourself. You need to come and set the record straight. And uh, my wife would preach a, a contrary message. She would say, the Lord said in Romans 12, 19, vengeance is mine. So don't fight your own battles. It's the battle is the Lord's. And my flesh will be like, come on, you need to get up there and do something. You need to go fight. You need to go set the record straight. Amen? But when I read, uh, uh, I listened to my wife preach that Romans 12, 19. It says, uh, vengeance is mine and I will repay you. You know, for first when I read that, I thought it meant, you know, God is going to repay, repay. No, that's not what it means. It means I will repay you for the ills. I'll pay you back for the things that people have done to you. You see, when, when, when things are done to his body, God takes it personal. That's why you could say to the Apostle Paul when he was still Saul, why are you persecuting my church? Why have you persecuted me? Why are you persecuting me? Because when the church is persecuted, he takes it personal. Yeah. And so we got kicked off, and I'm, I just say, Lord, I'm going to turn it over uh, uh, to you. It was a dead situation. It was a, a situation of hopelessness. I mean, I'm off television, and I was sitting there. I didn't know uh, how Jesus was going to resurrect. I knew he was the resurrection and the life, but let's see how you're going to resurrect this one. <laughs> just like Mary and Martha, right? Let's see how you're going to do. It's, he's been dead how long? Four days. And the, I mean, there's even a stench in there. Let's see how you're going to deal with this one. And some of you have had a situation where you, even the doctors gave you a certificate to tell you that this situation can't be turned around. But I'm telling you, Jesus can turn it around. Amen. Amen. You just have to believe that he is the resurrection and he is that brings life. And so a few, a few months later, maybe 12, 13 months later, uh, I got an inbox in my Facebook. Someone DM'd me. Uh, it was Gavin, you know, Flanagan. And I didn't know who he was. He said, hey, Pastor T, my name is Gavin, and I'm going to be in South Africa, and I'd like to have a coffee with you. And uh, so I said, yeah, sure, let's have coffee. I mean, I'm always up for coffee, right? Uh, 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 you know, you put that uh, uh, Americana, Americana, right? And uh, with uh, a soya milk okay. or... or <laughs> Or, or no, not almond. What's the other one? Rice milk, rice milk, or oat milk. You know, you, you gotta be classy in these things. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That ain't no cheap milk. That's a little expensive, amen. And so I went, I went for for coffee, and uh, and and Gavin went on to say, Hey, listen, uh, uh, uh PT, we want to give you a uh, free television airtime. And he said. Uh, listen, I've been watching you. I've been wanting you a long time. In fact, he said, while you're on TBN, I was just hoping that the thing would crash so we could get you on to Faith uh, Broadcasting Network. And, and I said, praise the Lord. Our God can resurrect any situation. And then when he does the resurrection, I mean, he makes it better than it was before. Because when a thief is caught... He restores, he must pay back how many? Seven times. In fact, when things start getting stolen in your life, when you start getting things dying around you, it's time to celebrate because you're stepping into your sevenfold restoration. Amen. 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 
Hallelujah. And some of you have been rejected. You know, I just have to go in that. Some of you have been rejected. And, and, and you, you know, you caught a low self-esteem from that rejection. Every rejection is an opportunity to celebrate. Because when you are rejected, God is bringing sevenfold. And so Gavin said, hey, we're going to give you uh, not just for Africa, because the previous deal was just for Africa. He said, we're going to give you for, for the UK as well. And uh, so we're going to give you for the UK, and we're also going to give you for the USA. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> and we're going to do all of that, F-R-Triple-E. <laughs> free, free of charge. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He will resurrect your dead dreams. He will make that thing come back to life. In fact, now, every time I, I meet Gavin, who has become family now, he has become family, that's how much God restores you. He restores even the relationships. He brings you people that will not just want to do deals, business deals with you, but people who actually want to become friends with you. Amen? Amen. And so, uh, uh, Gavin, every time I meet him, he says, oh, T, I just want to let you know that we've uh, added you onto another platform. You are now on S. I can't even keep, uh, keep up with the new platforms. It's added to the broadcast. Wow. He said uh, we are on Telcom. He said we are on SABC. He said we are on Vodacom. I mean, there's several, My Faith app, several apps that God has put us on because Jesus is the one that will resurrect your dream. Woo. Amen. And so, you know, Jesus shows up and, uh, you know, Mary and Martha, because they are looking in the natural, Mary and Martha, they say, man, th this situation is dead. There is nothing that can come out of it. And Jesus says, roll the stone off. And after Jesus rolled the stone away, this is what he said. Uh, uh, he said in verse 40, did I not say to you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? All you've got to do, child of God, is believe. That Jesus can do what he says he will do. Amen. Amen. Man, Jesus can resurrect your business. Amen. Amen. Jesus can resurrect any marriage. Amen. Jesus can resurrect your health. Amen. All you've got to do is believe and you will see the glory of God. Man, this is good news. Verse 41. And they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, past tense, and I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out, bound, hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Then Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Wow. Man, that's so gangster. That's awesome. Think about it. A three-word prayer. That, that is awesome. To resurrect Lazarus from the dead, a three-word prayer. Hunt your neighbor and say, how long would you have prayed to resurrect? Yeah. 
But watch what he says. Watch what he says. When he actually goes to the tomb, you see, way back in those days, uh, people used to uh, share tombs. Family members would share a tomb. You know, that's why Jesus could use uh, Joseph of Arimathea's uh, tomb. First of all, the reason he borrowed Joseph's tomb was he only needed it for three days. <laughs> but that was the common practice that, you know, you, can, you share a tomb. And so there were many uh, uh, dead people in that tomb. And, and if Jesus had gone to that tomb and just said, come forth, everything dead in that tomb would have come forth. There was enough power in those words to resurrect every dead thing in that tomb. And so Jesus said to specify who he was calling forth. Lazarus is the one that should come. Lazarus, come forth. <laughs> now this will minister, you know, to those of you who are single and you're still calling them forth. Don't just go into the singles market and say, come forth. Praise the Lord. Because every gorilla Manila dead in the tomb. Man, you need to specify who you want to come forth. Can I get an amen? Amen. Man, you need to write down, I want them saved. I want them born again. I want them sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. I want them respectful. I want them, you know, with honor. You know, uh, I want them rich. Amen. Amen. Why would you, why would you pray? It's still prayer. Why would you pray for a broke brother? Anyway, this was for all my single ladies. Man, you get to pick the one you want. And pick the one you really want. Hallelujah. Let's go quickly to 1 Corinthians. Ooh, man, my time. 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to read from verse 16 quickly because we want to go over there to Ezekiel. 1 Corinthians 15, 16. It says, this is the Apostle Paul making an argument. Uh, he's presenting an argument for resurrection. And he's saying this. He's saying Jesus was raised from the dead, first of all. And he says this. He says, if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. And you're still in your sins. The reason why your faith is still futile and you're still in your sins is because the, the, the way you got born again is you moved from a dead state to life. Amen. The born again experience is not just a behavior modification experience. The born again experience is dead things, dead people coming back to life. Amen. And the reason you and I can claim that is because of this. Verse 18. Those who have uh, fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life, only we have hope in Christ. We are of all men the most pitiable. And this is the principle now, verse 21. For since by man came death. Who was that man? Adam. By man also, capital letter M. Who is that capital letter M? 
Christ. By man also came the resurrection of the dead. The entire salvation born again experience is a resurrection of the dead. Can I get an amen? amen? And he goes on to say in verse 20. But now Christ is risen from the dead. And has become the first. Someone say first. He has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Verse 22. For as in Adam all die. When you got born, naturally, you belonged to team Adam. You didn't have to do anything to become sinful in your nature. You were just born with a sinful nature. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. When you got born again, you now identify with team Christ or team Jesus. Someone shout, I belong to team Jesus. It is because of that that you can say things like, I am now seated in heavenly places. Have you ever thought about it? In Ephesians, it talks about uh, you and I are seated in heavenly places, far above all principalities, far above all powers. It talks about how we are seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father. Now, think about it. You are seated in Santon. That's where you are seated. And this is why people say the Bible is confusing. And when you try to ask this question to, to, to any kind of pastor, they will just, you know, say, hey, believe it, receive it. But here's the reason why you and I can say we are seated in heavenly places. It is because we have transitioned from the loser, the losing team, Tim Adam, and we have now joined Tim Jesus. And because of that, we now identify with Tim Jesus. And what that means is whatever Tim Jesus has done is credited to our account. We do it all the time. Amen. You know, most men in here, you know, uh, uh, support football. Anyone who supports Kaiser Chiefs? Kaiser Chiefs? Anybody? Kaiser Chiefs? Yeah, okay, okay, Kaiser Chiefs. Orlando, Orlando Pirates, Orlando Pirates, okay, just a few. Okay, the big one, Sundowns, Sundowns, anybody? Yes, sir, yes, sir, Sundowns. And for those who like uh, English Premier League, you know, uh, Manchester United, yeah. Manchester. Yeah. the losers. Why would you support a team called the Red Devils? And you claim to be a Christian. Chelsea, anyone Chelsea, 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 okay, okay. Man City, Man City, Man City. Those are the, just the disappointed Liverpool fans. They just, yeah, they just follow the money. They just, you know, uh, and then the big one, of course, Arsenal fans, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Now, here's the deal, here's the deal. I did all of that for a reason. When you hear these guys talk about their teams, they don't, they don't say, and our first 11 beat your team. They say, last week, we beat you. <laughs> and none of them ever strapped the boots and got on the field to play the game. Yet they say, we beat you. I was there when we won uh, the, the, the league in 2000. And we, won, we won the league in 2002. Sure. And then some of them even have the audacity 
to say, uh, last year when we bought Neymar for 120 million. <laughs> Now yes. Now now here's the deal. Here's the deal. No one objects to any of that. Because when you're team Manchester, you really did buy Pogba for 80 million pounds. But when you come over here and uh, you are now team Jesus and Jesus says when you beat the devil 2,000 years ago, you turn around and say, but I didn't strap the boots. It's got nothing to do with you strapping the boots. It's got everything to do with the team that you now identify with. Someone shout, I am Team Jesus. Therefore, all I do is win. I triumph all the time. Devil, I whipped you. 2,000 years, years ago. Therefore, Therefore you are under my foot. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That's why it says over there in Galatians, when Christ died, we died with him. You see, you see, without this revelation, you read that and you think, man, the Bible is confusing. No, when you joined him, Jesus, 2,000 years ago and Christ died, guess who else died? This is why the Apostle Paul could walk and say, hey, therefore, it's no longer I that lives. But Christ lives within me. It is because now I identify with Tim Jesus. And so the next time the devil tries to torment you, tell him, hey, listen, I, I already beat you. You see, if you, some of you are, well, you know, I don't know if I can say that. Hey, come on, you're on team Jesus. If you can say we bought Neymar for 120 million, you sure can say I whipped you 2,000 years ago. In fact, I was in the U.S. traveling, uh, uh, and, you know, the guys are always... In fact, we were preaching. I was with uh, 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 Maruva, Pastor Edge, and, and Tinashe. I was preaching in Los Angeles at a church. I didn't realize because we, you know, we couldn't find a barber shop, so we all ended up going, buying caps, you know. So we <laughs> bought caps just to cover up the stuff. And uh, so uh, I was preaching at that church, and I was wearing my New York uh, Giants, I think, New York Giants cap. It's a football team. And so people aren't receiving. Man, I'm preaching hard, and people are not receiving. And I didn't realize that in Los Angeles, you can't wear a New York Giants cap. And so someone in the front then told me, you know, you, you may need to get rid of that cap. <laughs> Something, what's wrong with the cap? He said, man, you're in Los Angeles, man. You're in Los Angeles. And uh, so, you know, I said, okay, I don't mind, you know, getting rid of the cap and joining your team. What's your team? So he said, my, our team is the uh, Los Angeles Rams. I said, before I commit, do they win? He said, uh, the whole church went well. You know, that's debatable. I said, no, I can't commit. I said, you know what? I'm going to do my own research and pick a team that actually wins. And so I did my own research, and I found out that the team to pick was the New England uh, Patriots. So I went and I picked the New England Patriots. And so next time, uh, 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 I went out there. I bought my New England Patriots regalia. And you won't believe what happened to me. I was walking into a lift. Uh, I think it may have been in Denver wearing my New, New England Patriots regalia. And this one guy who was standing in there was like, oh, man, 
I said, what's wrong? He said, man, you beat us badly last week. <laughs> Here's the good news. I didn't even know anything about it. <laughs> and so some of you, you show up to places, and the demons open their mouth. They're trying to tell you, you already, oh man, you, you know you beat us 2,000 years ago? And some of you are ignorant to the fact that you actually really beat them 2,000 years. I mean, this guy started to list all our achievements as a New England Patriots uh, 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 fan. And here, here's something else. I had only been a fan for one week. And all of their victory, all of their history was credited to my account. It's got to be by grace and not by works. Man, you've been trying to earn your own victory. Some of you are trying to get on that football field. Jesus hasn't called you to get on the football field. All he wants you is to believe. And when you believe, all of his victories are credited to your account. And with that credit, you can walk into any situation, lay hands on stuff, and expect it to come back to life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Man, after this service, you ought to get fired up. Man, if you find someone sick, lay hands and speak that resurrection and life. Because it's not based on what you have done. It's based on what he did. And if he won, guess who else won? You. Because you are now, you belong to Team Jesus. Can I get an amen? And so how do you release this resurrection life? We're going to wrap up uh, in uh, uh, Romans, uh, in Ezekiel chapter number 37, 1 to 2. Is that okay? Thank you, Jesus. How do we release this resurrection life? If you read Romans 8, 11, it says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And if he that raised Jesus from the dead is on the inside of you, he will quicken your mortal bodies through the spirit that dwells in you. Someone shout the same power. The same power. Same power. Same power. That raised Jesus from the dead, from the dead. is on the inside of me. It resides in me. Therefore, it will quicken every cell, every tissue, every organ in my body, in Jesus' name. I believe this is one of the most powerful scriptures that speak of how much power you have as a New Covenant, New Testament believer. It says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is on the inside of you. And if that same power is on the inside of you, it can't cohabit with sickness and malfunction. It will quicken. It will make everything on the inside of you that's out of work come to life. It will quicken every mortal body. Man, we've seen barrenness uh, uh, healed and resurrected. We've seen dead wombs resurrected in this church. We've seen people dead on a ventilator brought back to life in this little church. Same power. It's the same power. We've seen dead dreams, dead and buried. We've seen them come back to life in this church. Man, when 20, uh, 2020 uh, COVID hit, February, we came back from uh, Los Angeles from doing Grace in the Marketplace. And I'm saying this for a reason. Uh, we came back from doing that conference. And when we finished doing that conference, 
almost everyone who attended came to Pastor C and I said, hey, we're bringing five people. We're bringing ten people next year when you do uh, this Grace in the Marketplace conference. And uh, it was after we had finished a conference with Billy Eppard in Denver, Colorado. And he said, man, I'm moving you from the graveyard shift. You know what the graveyard shift is? When they, when they put you up to speak after lunch when everybody's, uh, you know, you, and they're not listening. He said, Billy, Billy said, I'm moving you from the graveyard shift and putting you up on the main spot. And I looked at my calendar. We were destined to go to the Netherlands in that same year, the Netherlands, Canada, and we had a tour lined up for the U.S. And COVID happened, and that whole dream was shut down in a moment. Dead dreams. And I remember sitting back thinking, how am I going to bounce back on this one? But I'm here to tell you that it's all aligning back by itself. All of those meetings are starting to come back to life off themselves. Why? Because Jesus is the one that resurrects the dead things. Amen? And it doesn't matter what your business looks like. God can resurrect it. Thank you, Jesus. And so it says in Ezekiel 37, we're going to wrap it up here. Can I preach for two more minutes? Man, this may have been the shortest service you ever attended. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, short and powerful. Yeah. Ezekiel uh, 37 from verse 1 to 2. It says, the hand of the Lord was upon me, upon Ezekiel, right? And he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full. Someone say it was full. Ooh. It says the valley was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by them round about, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and Lord, they were very, someone say very. He said they were very dry. So this situation was just not bad, it was very bad. It's a situation of total hopelessness, impossibility. I mean, this situation is deader than dead. It's bones, and he's sure to mention that not only were they dry, they were very dry. So there's no coming back from this one in the natural. And so God came, and he said, son of man, can these bones live? It's the same question he's asking some of you this morning. Can your dream come back to life? And the answer is a resounding yes. Why? Because we know Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He can bring anything back to life. Hallelujah. Man, it's a completely different mindset here this morning. He said, can these bones live, son of man? And he answered, oh Lord, only you know. Wrong answer. He's shifting responsibility back to God. And so God said to him, prophesy upon these bones. Now, before I throw any of you off and, you know, thinking I'm not a prophet, so, you know, I'm not going to be able. That uh, uh, sentence, prophesy upon these bones, is simply translated, speak to these bones. Anybody can speak? Then you can bring resurrection to a dying situation. Because the way you release life into a dying situation is you say something. Thus says the Lord unto these bones, Behold, I will cause the breath to enter into you, and you shall live. This is how you speak to your dead situation. You don't go over there and say, Oh, look at how dead it is. Oh, look at how they they were very dry. (laughs) These bones are very dry. And then you pick up the skull. Which part of this? I think it's the head. It is dry. 
No, that's not how you speak to a dead situation. God hasn't called us to just make a social commentary. He, just, he didn't call us to just make a natural observation and make a commentary about it. He has called us to reverse that thing through the power of your words. And so when you step into a valley that's full of dry bones, you have a choice. You can talk about how dry they are, or you can talk about the power of God to turn the situation around. Amen. I choose to release life. Amen. I choose to release life. Amen. Amen? He said, speak to these bones. Verse 6. He said, speak to them and tell them they shall live, and I'll lay upon sinews and will bring up flesh on you, cover you with skin, Put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied. In other words, I spoke as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, as I spoke, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, born to his bone. Listen, this dude walked into the valley, and he said, I speak life. Some of you need to change what you confess as you step into your office. I speak sales. Man, start blessing that thing instead of cursing it. I speak new clients. I speak contracts. I speak new tenders. Hey, listen, walk into that thing. Hey, it may only be selling tomatoes at the morning, at the moment, but when you walk into it, hey, multi-million dollar conglomerate, that's what I see right now. And you release those words. Amen? I said amen. He said over there in Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of your tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof in other words they that know how to use their tongue will receive the benefit out of it and it's interesting that he says death and life he's talking about the extremity of uh, uh, th- those are two uh, two ends of extremities in this world that we live you are either dead or you are alive and he's saying with your mouth You can drag stuff all the way from the extremity of death and bring them over here on the extremity of life. You can bring your dead health. He said death and life is in the power of your tongue. He didn't say it's in the power of the government. He didn't say it's in the power of your medical aid. You know, which one do you have? Gold, uh, silver, or or platinum? No, he didn't say that. He said death and life is in the power of your tongue. When you start speaking life, you are literally dragging things from the extremity of death and bringing them over here. By the ear, you're bringing that sucker from over here. You say, you shall live by the ear, and you bring it over here to the extremity of life. That's what God wants you to do. On the flip side, if death and life is in the power of your tongue, you can also drag things that are thriving and alive and full of vigor over here and drag them by the ear. Some of you drag stuff all the way, all the way to here. You can drag a flourishing marriage that's destined to go somewhere and fulfill destinies. I mean, this thing is doing well. 
And through the careless use of words, you can literally start dragging that marriage. You drag that marriage. You drag it over. We were taught, I think, on Wednesday, communication. You know, we're doing a marriage class, and people, you know, dial in from all over the world. Uh, it's a Zoom class, 52 couples on there. And uh, uh, that's 104 people. And uh, we were taught uh, communication. We were taught that we, when we talk to each other as couples, we must talk to each other with words that are filled with grace, words that are seasoned with salt so that they may minister grace to the hearer, so that they may minister life to the person that's listening to you. It's amazing how people turn on each other. On wedding day, wedding day, wedding day, man. These days when we do weddings, you know, Pastor C and I, these days when, you know, when we do weddings, people come to us and they say, hey, Pastor T, after I do the traditional vows, I even want to add my own vows. I want to speak life into this thing. You know, and then we do uh, the original one, the traditional ones, you know, in health and sickness. And, and then, you know, we say, you know, now you share your vows. I mean, they start killing it. You know, uh, uh, honey, did it hurt? What do you mean, did it hurt? When you fell from heaven. And I'm like, whoa. I mean, everybody's crying. Everybody's in the building is crying. They just, they say, honey. The other one will say, he said, honey, are you from Tennessee? He says, no, why? He says, because you are the only 10 I see. <laughs> 10 over 10. But with a careless use of words, when they come to my office, after they've dragged that thing from over here, dragged it from over here to over here, when they come to my office, they say, Pastor, we, we, it's on, this thing is only going, you can't salvage anything out of this. I don't want to see this man, this woman. What happened? It was a careless use of words. Man, you can release life with your mouth or death. But God is calling you to release life. Hallelujah. Man, God is calling you to release life. Dead situations in your life. Man, I'm giving you a challenge. As you walk out of, even if you, where's Q? Bad golf, you know, you can speak life into that thing. It's an inside joke. It's an inside joke. Don't worry about it. Man, you can speak life. <laughs> Amen. You can say, man, I want to swing. I'll swing. One day I'll swing like Pastor T. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'll swing. But watch what happened. Watch what happened. Uh, verse 7, he prophesied, commanded, and there was a noise. Behold, a shaking. The bones came together. Bone to his bone. And when he beheld the sinews, the flesh, ca the flesh came upon them. Verse 9, prophesied to the wind, he prophesied to the wind. Verse 10, he, he commanded the breath to come into their uh, bones, and they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Can you imagine from dead bones, very dry bones, to a, an exceeding great army? How did he release that resurrection life? Through the power of his words. Did that bless you? Why don't you stand on your feet? We're going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Someone shout, I release resurrection life over all my relationships. My marital relationship. My work relationships. 
my relationship with my friends, my, with my, friends. my relationships with my family, my with my I release, I release. Life. life. I refuse, I refuse. to speak negatively about any of my relationships in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, I'm not saying, you see, it's easy to speak life when the people are already uh, are giving you life and they're nice. But do you know where the power of faith comes? When you speak life to difficult people, difficult circumstances. When you walk into that office and say, my boss is godly. They treat me fair. Meanwhile, that's not the case in the natural. Now you are a man. Now you are a woman of faith. Do you know what's easy? What's easy is to just make a commentary of what's going on. Yeah, they don't treat me right. Yeah, they don't want to give me money. What's faith is, hey, my boss loves me. Ooh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to rub your, fresh, your flesh the wrong way. It's easy to say there are no customers and make a social commentary. It takes faith to say, hey, I'm flooded with customers. I meet my targets every month. It takes faith to speak life into your situation. Can I get an amen? amen. Someone shout, I release, I release. Resurrection, life resurrection life to my body. The same spirit, the same spirit. that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of me. And it quickens my mortal body. Therefore, every cell, every organ, every tissue, I call you to alignment right now in Jesus' name. Amen. That's the contrary of saying, ooh, I have a backache. You say, I have the resurrection life. Did you see what I did there? I have the resurrection life. Therefore, fix this thing. And then you send that life to fix that thing. Amen. And you ought to release resurrection life. It's available. Jesus already told us, I am the resurrection and the life. And he abides on the inside of you. Now it's your turn to release that life. Someone shout, I release, I release. the resurrection life, the resurrection life. Into, my business, into my business, into my career, into, my career. into everything that I touch, everything I touch with these hands will flourish. It will prosper. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Man, this is, a, this is a fun place to be. As you release your faith, it's a fun place to be. You're going to see that ship slowly turn. It's going to start. And you keep at it. Don't, you see, when you release those words, don't call them back by confessing something different. Keep them confessed. Amen. Keep them there. Hallelujah. And when you keep it there, you start to see that ship turn. It's going to turn. And it's going to face the right way. And slowly, it will start sailing towards your destiny and towards your victory. And that's what God has called us to do. I don't care. I don't care how dead it is. Man, we've read Lazarus was dead, 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 dead physically. We read the bones. The bones, I mean, is there in the natural, there's no way out when it's bones. 
Yet for God, He can still turn that thing around. He just wants you to go. Son of man, uh, uh, daughter of man, can these bones live? And your answer should be a resounding yes. As you walk into your life, you step into your life this week. I want you to go with this mindset. These bones shall live. Can't be stopped. This is the resurrection life of God. And it's available for us. And it's time for us to release this life. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for these, your precious children. Lord, I thank you for those that may have buried their dreams, put cement and a tombstone and, 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 and wrote there that this dream has died and buried and put a memorial. Lord, I thank you that you're giving them a different perspective this morning. Lord, I thank you that they're walking out of this place full of faith. That these bones shall live. That there is life still. I thank you, Father, for those that have dead wombs. And they've been told by doctors that they can't conceive. That even if they conceive, they won't be able to carry full term. We rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And we release life. Life. Right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Lord, I pray especially for those that have gone through their first marriage and for some reason or the other, it didn't work out and they've had people around them lie to them and tell them that you had your chance, it's over, you'll never get another chance. I came to rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. And I came to declare that their next life will be, will be seven times sweeter than their past life. Lord, I came to declare that you're giving them a new heart. A heart that has not been hurt before. A heart that does not have marks from the past. Thank you, Father. That it's a new day. It's a new day. And resurrection life is ours. Thank you, Father. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone said, Amen and Amen and Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Man, aren't you glad you came? And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We love you. God bless you. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. We will